Welcome to episode 53 of the Business in Morocco podcast. Last week, we talked about the first four reasons why someone might not buy your product or service. And today, in part two, we're going to talk about reasons five through ten. Hope you enjoy. All right, reason number five. The problem is not that serious for them or they have solved it in a way that they think is satisfactory. For example, I've encountered customers who know that they need an online presence and they need marketing help, but their brother's doing it or their uncle or their cousin or their nephew. Built them a Facebook page, helped them do a little bit of Google and got them to the point where they have something, it's not great, it's not optimized, but it's good enough for them. Mm -hmm. So they don't feel that having uh, a good brand online is that important or it's that serious. They knew they needed to do it and they did it, but they had a relative or a friend do it for free. So they're, they're happy with their uh, partway solution and that may be another reason they don't want to buy from you is because they, they went halfway and they're satisfied with what they've done. Yeah. Yeah, this connects with the 80-20 principle that a lot of times 80% of your results do come from 20% of the work. And so you get your cousin to do a little bit of online work for you and you're getting a lot of benefits just from a tiny little bit of effort. Is there more? Yeah, sure. But maybe it's going to be too much investment to, to really too little benefit. So It's another lesson for our listeners is that competition is not always another company that's doing the same thing as you. Mm. Your competition could be the work that your customer has done on their own or the solution they've created by themselves, whether that's through a notepad or through an Excel spreadsheet or just YouTube. Mm -hmm. For example, you, Ryan, your competition is not just other people teaching habits and other uh, personal development consultants. It's all the content that's online. Right, exactly. Even my own content. <laughs> that's right. You know, I've got hours and hours and hours of content that's just free and available online. And if you took the time, a lot of the ideas that I'm going to share in the workshop, you can find there. But a lot of the value comes from having it packaged and organized and people devoting the time. I've had people say, uh, I had somebody who I wanted to work out some sort of an exchange where I offered him a free seat at the workshop and he offered some services to me in his business and he said no 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 I want to pay for it because I know if I pay I'll value it more I'll take it more seriously and that's really true sometimes we do that with YouTube videos we're not seeing it as valuable because it's free and so we're not really gaining everything we could from them yeah I think for both of us we are giving value for free but we know that our target audience is someone who wants to have a personal interaction or they want a personal relationship that's going to give them direct answers to their direct questions. Yeah. And especially for me, my clients, they don't want to do the work that I do. Yeah. They know that they need it. They don't have the time or the expertise and they don't want to spend their time on Facebook, on websites, on Google. Yeah. And so that's our target audience. In a lot of ways, the majority of the people that's consuming our content is not our target audience. We're hoping that portion of the people that are consuming our content are looking for a solution mm -hmm. and they're looking for an authority in that domain and as a result of our content they're going to choose us as opposed to just watching all of our content yeah. to gain the 
the insights or the value that we offer. Yeah. Reason number six that someone might not buy is that the switching costs are just too high, meaning they have a solution in place and changing to your to and changing to your solution is just too painful. Mm -hmm. There's a learning curve. This happens a lot with software. If I have a company and I have a software for customer relationship, it would be a big deal to rip that software out of the company and put a new software in. Yeah. Another example could be uh, a point of sale system in a restaurant. To change from one to another could be very painful. Yeah. Yeah, I, all the staff are familiar with how it works. You've, you know, solved all the bugs and, and you know how, how to fix it when it goes down. And to, to learn a whole brand new system, even if you know in the long run it's going to be beneficial, the hurdle of learning it might just be too much. Even something like switching your, your bank, you think about not just the relationships you have. So when you go in there, you're familiar, people, you know, I had a guy, I got to the bank three or four minutes after they closed and he let me come in and process my transaction because I'm a regular customer. We've built up some rapport. You know, we're always making jokes. I'm practicing my derija on him and he, he likes me. Yeah. That wouldn't have happened if I started brand new at a, at a new bank. Right. But then even just think about, I know where all the branches are, all the ATMs that I can pull money out of. I've They're familiar to me now, but if you start with a brand new bank, I'd have to figure out where everything is and that's that's a hassle. That's a great example. But it's also important for our customers to, uh, it's important for our listeners to understand when you're developing uh, a business, a product or a service, you need to understand what are the switching costs for your potential clients mm -hmm. to change what they're doing and come over to you. And you need to select your product or service carefully knowing that what you do is 10 times better than what's out there and that the problem is really painful so that you can overcome the objections and overcome the pain of the switching costs mm -hmm. um, so that you can have a successful business that, that can be stable and uh, yeah. profitable over time. Yeah, you think about some of our listeners will be familiar with Audible, which is uh, the listening to books through Amazon. They are often doing everything they can to, to win customers, offering two free books right off the bat. Anyone who signs up, you know, anybody who has, all you need is an international credit card to get an Amazon account and you can get two free books, anyone that you want, just to begin. Because they're trying to overcome that hurdle of the, the new application and draw in new customers. But then even after you leave Audible, they're always wanting to try to win you back and offering you free books to sign up because then it becomes a recurring payment every month and you forget about it or you develop the habit of listening to audiobooks and you become a regular customer. So they're trying to minimize those switching costs by giving you an incentive to overcome it. Reason number seven that someone might not buy your product or service is that they simply want to benefit personally from the relationship. We know, I've heard many stories of it happening in Morocco, people who are in charge of budgets, they are in charge of making purchasing decisions for companies. They will demand to be paid off on the side in order to award you a contract or buy your product or service. And sometimes there's just no way around this. Mm -hmm. It's just a fact of life. 
yeah, this can be worse in some industries than others, um, and it's definitely worse in some countries than others. It's there's laws that have reduced it a lot in some of the the Western countries, but it still exists. There's still subtle ways of you know tickets to sports events or events or take your wife to dinner at this restaurant on me. These things still happen all the time, um, but in Morocco it can be even more explicit. And I, I personally experienced it when I was working in the security barriers industry. Um, one of the guys that was acting as a bit of a middleman for me, as a bit of a representative, told me, you need to raise your prices because I need some more room to work with. Meaning, your company's still going to end up with the same money at the end of the day, but I'm going to get this, the contract signed for a lot more because pieces of it are going to be torn off as it goes through the, the, the hierarchy of, of the organization. And that was pretty dramatic. That was something I, I was surprised to see, but it exists and it, it will continue for a while longer before all of that gets, gets eradicated or, or minimized. So that's definitely a, a reason why someone might not purchase it because they don't feel like you're offering them what the competition is, even though it's a higher price. Yeah, we're, we're definitely not just talking about Morocco here. I have friends in San Francisco, in California, United States, and they have told me that they want to do construction projects and they go to the city planning office to get the permit and it's very clear, oh, that, that permit you need is still, still going through the process. But if I were to have Giants tickets, like baseball tickets, well, then I think it might get pushed to the top of the list. <laughs> so the corruption and the bribery for these things is not just in Morocco. It's all around the world. And when government is bigger and there are more regulations and more taxes, corruption tends to be a bigger deal. Yeah. It tends to be more prevalent. Yeah. So, yeah, it happens here. It happens everywhere. Reason number eight the potential customer has tried products or service like yours in the past, but they had a bad experience. Maybe they went to a habits presentation or a training and it was bad. Mm -hmm. Or maybe someone came and sold them marketing services on Facebook or website creation and they paid a bunch of money and they didn't get anything. Yeah. I've actually met clients like that who had really bad experiences. They paid out a bunch of money and they got nothing in return. Yeah. And if that's true and you enter an industry that has a lot of charlatans, a lot of people who say they can do a lot of things but don't produce any results, your business might be impacted by the negative experiences that your potential clients have had in the past. That's right, yeah. I mean, both of us are working in industries that are largely unregulated. And so we know the value that we're offering and we also know the character that we have and that we're going to deliver what we promise, if not more. But some of our colleagues in the industry may not hold to the same standards and unfortunately their actions affect our reputations in some ways, which goes back to some of the other ones we've already established, like you need to build trust, you need to become an authority, you need to have testimonials, you need to build up your reputation so that someone can find that you are different than your competition. Yeah, that goes right into number eight, which is, oh, never mind. Um, so number eight is clearly tied to number one, this issue of trust, mm -hmm. uh, the issue of 
clearly distinguishing your product or service through brand, through content, through referrals. That's why all of my clients, I recommend that they get video testimonials. Mm. We're about to start a English class here uh, out of my office. Yeah. And one of the things I'm trying to do is get uh, former students of the teacher, his name's Andrew, get former students to do testimonials on video saying, I know Andrew, I've taken his class, this is what it was like, he was very kind and patient and very professional and I've, I've made a lot of progress in my English since taking his classes. 15, 30 second video, but that can be very powerful mm -hmm. when it comes to influencing the decision of other potential clients. Yeah. I've asked uh, Andrew to get customer testimonials in Arabic and in French. So that people can see, oh, that person's like me. Quite frankly, some of the English learning options here in Casablanca, uh, they're not always that great. Mm -hmm. Maybe the classroom is filled with 25 people. Maybe the professor is not a native speaker. Or maybe they haven't been trained in how to teach a language, which is very important. Right. So uh, you've got to distinguish yourself from your competition through testimonials and offering content online yeah or else you might run into the reason number nine that people don't make a buying decision which is you're just too expensive if you can't clearly distinguish your product or service from the competition then price is going to be the only way to distinguish your your product or service and if there's a lot of competition offering the same thing then you may just be too expensive yeah once you can't tell your product from another product, then there's really no reason to differentiate other than I'll just take the cheapest one. If they're both offering the same thing, then why not keep as much of my money as I can? It's effectively been commoditized. And I feel like this with, with running shoes. You know, I, I like to run, so I'm buying a new pair of shoes pretty much every year. And when I go into the store, I mean, I'm not passionate enough about it to do a lot of research and to find out what are all the distinguishing features. They're all running shoes. And so I look at this huge wall full of options and I basically am just looking at two things. One is price and another one is brand. Because of the trust and because of the positive experiences I've had with certain companies, I lean towards brands that I'm familiar with and feel comfortable with. And and often purchase um, Nikes, Nikes, so cheap Nikes. I'll look at a Nike that I think looks good and just look for a cheap price. I don't want to spend a lot of time in the shop. It fits, feels comfortable, and I'm gone. Yeah, so nine and 10 are really related. Nine being your product's too expensive, 10 being the customer just can't tell the difference between your product and the competition. Mm -hmm. And if they can't tell the difference, then they may just not make a decision at all. One of the things we worry about as consumers is making bad decisions. If we're thinking about buying a car or a pair of shoes or hiring a consultant and we're not sure that we're making a good decision, we may just not make that decision. Mm -hmm. The status quo is often the greatest competition to a buying decision. Yeah, that's good. Because people don't have a lot of disposable money. And they know that they need to treat that disposable money wisely. And if they're not absolutely sure that you're the best decision, then they may just wait. Yeah. Or they may 
seek out the competition. That's why, like you said, Ryan, brand and content online and testimonies are so important for influencing people to make buying decisions. Yeah, yeah that's good. All right, just to wrap it up and remind our audience of the 10 reasons why people won't buy. One, there's a lack of trust between you and the buyer. Number two, the potential buyer doesn't have the authority to make the buying decision. Number three, the buyer doesn't understand what your product or service is, or they don't understand the purpose. Number four, they either don't have the problem that you solve, or they just don't care that much about it. Number five, they know they have the problem, but it's not just, they know they have the problem, but it's not serious, or they have solved it in another way. Number six, they understand they have the problem, they know it's serious, but the switching costs are just too high. It would take too much time, money, or effort to change from their current solution to your solution. Number seven, they want a bribe. That's a pretty straightforward one. Number eight, they've tried products or services like yours in the past, but it, they had a bad experience. Number nine, your product or service is too expensive. And number 10, they just can't tell the difference between you and everyone else, so they're just not going to make a decision. Hope this content has been helpful, and yeah, I think that's all we got for today. And can I just give a shout out to Elias, uh, one of our listeners, he told me that he discovered the podcast a couple weeks ago, and he has binge listened to every episode. He started at number one and went all through the first 50. He was waiting on episode 51, and he listens on Spotify. So thank you, Elias. And to our other listeners, help others discover this podcast. If you're enjoying the content, you're benefiting from it, please uh, share it on social media with some of your network. You can you know, WhatsApp it to specific friends that you know are into business, or living in Morocco, and speak English. Or you can just put a general post on, on any social platform. It would really help us expand our audience. So thank you. Yeah. All right. That's all we got for today. We'll see you next time. Have a lovely day doing business in Morocco.